Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everybody. Welcome to the Walk Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Hello there. And Josh Brown. Hiya. We thought we'd do another um, What We've Been Playing style podcast because for the there's, there's quite a swath of different things that we've been getting back to from a PS2 launch game, Dark Cloud, all the way through to every single last one of the God of Wars. Mr. Josh Brown's <laughs> been playing through all of them. And then Ben Roy's been going back to Alien Isolation and a little bit of Horizon. So yeah. um, we're going to dive into stuff. But number one, the thing that Mr. JB Josh Brown was like, do, don't you dare start this podcast without mentioning it, was Call of Duty Warzone's Halloween update, which Mr. Josh Brown needs to tell the world about apparently i do ma'am you know do you know why it's because call of duty warzone is like one of the best games of the year period no matter yeah. what happens that's gonna be is that even a game of i think it's a game mode yes. to be fair yeah. no still... no i would i want to squash this right now so we have this as a reference for when we do the game of the year <laughs> oh, it is a standalone experience and it will be existing alongside the new call of duty it's, its own platform it's got its own game modes it exists entirely separate to call of duty modern warfare it will continue to exist when that game dies but all those modes are also part of Modern Warfare and it launched on Modern Warfare just because they siphoned I, it off. I nope, think if you, you download can't. Warzone on its own, you still have Modern Warfare there. If you was to go into the store and say, yes, I want that, it wouldn't re-download anything. It just goes, there you go. So how would you reconcile this? And again, we've completely transformed the podcast one minute in, but how would you reconcile <laughs> this, this with the fact that it's also going to be on the menu screen for um, Black Ops Cold War? Does that make it also Black Ops Cold War? That doesn't make any uh, sense, boys. Wait a minute, because what about zombies when it's in Black Ops 1, then zombies is in Black Ops 2? But they're different. They're the different same. game engines. They're di- yeah, exactly. They're different games. Yeah. yeah. With with Warzone, it's that's it's, our point though. The... Yeah. <laughs> with Warzone, it's, it's just, just a great experience, and you can just launch it from Black Ops as yes. you can launch it from Call of Duty Modern Warfare. It's its own separate thing. And you can't just access the game the mode within a game. The that just it's not. It's completely different. It's that way from. I want to. I want to be here championing it to the bit end. It's so not I don't, even what I want to talk I don't about. Agree what with, I want to talk about. But I support your right to say it. Carry on. <laughs> please, suppose someone support me down in the comments, please, anyway. 
Um, yeah, but the new Halloween update is out for only Call of Duty Warzone and not Modern Warfare. And it is absolutely excellent, <laughs> fellas, because you've got this zombies mode, which isn't just the regular old zombies from Black Ops. Like, it's, it's integrated into the Battle Royale in such an interesting way because when you die, if you don't get revived or called back, you come back as a zombie. Then you get to play as a zombie. And if you kill two people, then you revive as a human. And you can continue this cycle over and over again. And the entire map is set at night. It's so tense and it's so action-packed. It's so much fun, man. Like, didn't have to do this much to the game just for one Halloween one-off event but they did and it is just it's one of those like nice surprises like when rainbow six siege did their kind of quarantine style mode when mm. they introduced like these monsters and this kind of strange little almost left for dead style mini narrative like that was so far and beyond what they had to do and i feel like this is the case here i wish there was a quads mode but it is very fun very good, and it continues to prove while Call of Duty Warzone is an amazing game and potentially mode. one of it the It sounds like a really good mode, mate. Is, um, one how... of the best modes of the year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Top modes. How do, you, how do you win in that if everyone's going around in a circle of zombie human, zombie human? Um, because when you get killed as a zombie, then you have to be called back, either bought back by cash. You, you're oh, okay, just cool. dead. So it's, you, your team can be completely eliminated if you're all eliminated as zombies as well as as humans. So it's not like Where? people continue to come in. You just get more mm. options to come back. So there's no gulag. Do you go to the morgue or anything like no. that? <laughs> Think, is there still a gulag? No, there's no gulag. You just, you just. It's quite funny actually because when you die, you respawn as a zombie, but you still like parachute in, but you have no parachute. So you oh, just they should have just fell. Yeah, you do, you do. You just free fall to the ground <laughs> and you just slam on the ground and then pick yourself up and start shambling. But you've got like some cool moves because you're not just like a regular shambler. You're very fast. You're very deadly. You're very agile. You've got this jump button that makes you jump like Spider-Man across the map, which is so sick. And it's just, it's why is, really why cool, is nowhere guys. near more people been talking about this this standalone game that is in no way a mode why has this not been talked about more <laughs> i think it's a bit like when PUBG had a mode i think a mode earlier this year where you played as fairy tale things where you ever played as a What's mage PUBG, mate? who's playing you, that uh <laughs> that like fortnite loads of people actually play it on their mobile telephone devices you know what a telephone <laughs> is um, oh, and uh yeah just that you could play as a mage or was it a swords person or an archer but you just had a crossbow and that was a really weird fun game where you mm. killed someone they exploded in nice little sparkles and they, I, mean, I like the idea that they're sort of branching out that spell break thing i guess sort of took that like it has done that idea on a much bigger scale but um yeah, yeah i guess when we come to the game of the year stuff josh you're gonna be flying the flag for all the uh, old jimmy warzone I am, man, because, you know, I've tried so hard to get into Battle Royale games <clears> in the past, you know what I mean? <clears> I jumped into H1Z1, jumped into Fortnite, jumped into Apex Legends, jumped into PUBG very briefly, and I could never get into them, but this is the one that's finally hooked me, you know? Like, in terms of the presentation, the size of the map, the, the feeling of firing those weapons, I mean, Modern Warfare revolutionized the Call of Duty kind of base um, game feel, you know what I mean? Like, <clears> the kick to these weapons is great, like, the sense of um, impact when you're in these engagements is awesome the tweaks they've added like the gulag i think makes you more engaged in the game itself and you know obviously i'm not saying it's the best battle royale game but for me personally what i want out of a battle royale game i think you like, have actually written hits. that out to me in a text before i think you have i have on the, yeah just that no, is the no, best because one we knew scott tilford ben roy is never going to be convinced because he's put like one million hours into PUBG, but PUBG. me and you 
I know we've always had conversations about like how we just can't get into it and how when we're mm. playing, you know, like when they had Blackout in Call of Duty Black Ops, like we would just want to be playing regular Call of Duty instead. I finally yeah. don't get that feeling with Warzone and I finally feel like I found my Battle Royale game and I now have pumped hundreds of hours into it and I'm trying to catch up Benroy's um, PUBG L. <laughs> It's weird because the Gula, I, I appreciate the Gula and things like that, but at one point, it just feels like, stab, like stabilized as well. Like, I like, so it's something scary to me about dying and that's, you're done. Like, mm. even if you, like, a lot recently when I jump in for, like, say, three games on a weekend, like, you just get ruined apart from, like, one game where it's good. And, yeah, it does feel like time wasted. But, yeah, like, it's, I, I love the Gula. I can also hate it at the same time. Like, can you play that game without the Gula? Is there a non-Gulag option? Or is it always um, Gulag all the time? Yeah, it's Gulag all the time. Sometimes, I think it's occasionally, very occasionally, they throw in a solos mode, like a special one-off mode, where you don't have the Gulag, but I don't think they've put that in for a few seasons now. Normally, they do lean on Gulag or just the buyback option if you have enough cash that you find around the world, then yeah. you could just buy back people who are dead. Yeah, you know, though, I, I will give this a shot after this recommendation. This sounds genuinely cool. Hey, I'm, I'm tempted now. But I just, uh, I've just got to get my friends to find 100 gigs on their PS4s because none of them did what I did and upgraded their hard drive. So they both got 500 gig ones. So, I'll know. tell you what's actually insane though, Ben Roy. You, you wrote down your first game you want to talk about. It's Fallout 76. Explain <laughs> yes. yourself. Well, that wasn't the first game. That, that wasn't the first game in my list. But I, I it's not. That's what I put at the top. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so country, like, country roads are taking me home, West Virginia. Huh. And I just, I've been thinking about, was it Pip, Pip Boy? Is that his name? Uh, Volt Boy? <laughs> yeah, Volt Boy. Mr. Pip Boy. <laughs> Mr. Pip Boy. <laughs> Man who, who loves the Fallout franchise, can't remember anything from it. And I've been wanting to return to Fallout in some way. And I'm not going back to four because I planned that. I don't want to do the DLCs. Three, mm-hmm. I just destroyed. And uh, New Vegas also did the same thing. And I said, like, you know what? 76, Phil Spencer has gifted this to me. On Game Pass, why not give delete? Any take away? Why not delete everything else on that uh, on my Xbox One, like a uh, little game that what was you playing recently, Josh? Outer Wilds. You delete that, get rid of that, because we need to get Fallout seventy six on this machine. Imagine and... the reality of deleting Outer Wilds <laughs> to play Fallout seventy six as the last and... thing you play on that console this generation. Don't no, don't worry. Gears three is still on there, and Gears five is still on. There. I think this. Well, you got the essentials. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's just nice. I needed another social game, as I've said before. Like you always need a social game, <laughs> and uh, where Josh's social game is, uh, it was a mode in a game, Warzone. <laughs> mine, uh, mine turned out to be Fallout 76. It's just a nice experience to go around. You know, finish. Like, what do you do when you finish Gears Judgment in 2020? You you you've got to go to the next thing. What do you be playing Gears Judgment in 2020? <laughs> and 76 is just you start off, and people are actually really nice like you come out the vault and you're like you're you're a little child like uh you're not a child but you feel like a child because you can't do anything uh don't we forget the fact that i had a bug where my ui didn't appear for that i tell a reset the game i I was like brilliant i said what's going on i was like oh you just got reset but loads of people just coming out the trees just like actual humans like just get just like waving at me dancing at me and they're just dropping bags of stuff and just giving me all their loot which obviously is really good for me but obviously Mm -hmm. it's nothing for them anymore and it was it was nice to go into a game and like have these humans like do a little dance. Give me I feel imagine like if you if you've been playing Fallout seventy six this whole time, yeah. <clears throat> if you've been this dedicated to it, then there probably is a really good like strong community there that is assumedly very fun to get plugged into. I'm not lying. There was like four people that just offered stuff to me and my friend, and then when we went off the quests. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I don't know if we 
we're just wrong about this, so we can't work it out. But some of the quests you can only so if I go in and do the quest and kill the guy or human or whatever you want to call them or the pipsman. Uh, uh, superhuman sometimes uh, but it won't register for your partner in your group so then they have to go and do that again so that's a bit weird with certain things oh, okay. for the most part wandering the wasteland and coming across like say a little settlement shooting some things up or going into a cave it's enjoyable you know just just a time to time to chat and then realize that maybe you should then after about two hours because it's, it's it feels slow it's like that's relaxing and then you just want to move why have you not been on Ori and the Will of the Wisps, mate. I... Uh, because that actually didn't get deleted. But no, oh, course, good. It's, but I'm not going to play that on this Xbox because, as I've, I think I said before, my controller has forward drift. My controller oh. always, always wants to go forward. And I did Ori and the Blind Forest. more suitable in Fallout. I, I, can, oh. yeah, I cannot play the second one with that. So that's why I'm waiting until the Series S and I'm going to play it there. Okay. Anyway, yes. Are you, are, you, are you all right, mate? Because you're, you're playing Fallout 76. <laughs> With with forward drift, and I, I, if that's not a cry for help, I just don't know what it, I don't know what it is. It's not a cry for help. Is, is Game Pass thinking. games that are a ten Game Pass games that are a total cry for help. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll whack that together at some point. Yeah, it's just it's just. I mean, it's not perfect. It's just a game that I play to talk with my friend and like when we're not playing Gears Five. Really, it's literally that. It's, it's I, we literally need another game when we're not playing Gears Five, which is still not a lot. I've still played that game every week since launch. I respect it, man, because yeah. I've I've had similar thoughts in the past because we got it for bloody um, at launch and I never properly booted it up, so I have it on my PlayStation. And being a Fallout fan again, like you, I just want to exist in that world and I want to have the radio on and I want to be wandering around. And I often think that might be enough to get me to try it because again, I've hammered New Vegas, hammered Fallout. There's 3, a story as well. 4. Well, there's and, quests and shit. No, sorry, quests and stuff. <laughs> Oh, I just, I sent, Josh, I sent you an Xbox controller so you at least try a little bit of Ori. And he's not, he's going to install Fallout 76 instead, isn't he? He's just going to, he just doesn't want to. Here's the light and here's you in the absolute darkness. When you and your friends, like you can play on your own or you can bring your friends in. Like, you know, you can take a break from war, war zone breaks and like, you know, get and jump in there. I'm not going to subject my friends to it, but I might do it on my own. <laughs> I think it's worth it. Like, you know, if you've already, if you already own it, or if you want, if you already have Game Pass, then I wouldn't. I'm never going to sell someone to buy this game because I still don't know how broken fundamentally it is at certain points. But it's just, it's just actually more Fallout now that now they've put like the quest line and stuff in. I mean, that's good. I'm glad they sort of brought enough back in that it justifies. They made it a game. Yeah, exactly. They made it a game. They sort of made it like worth people's time because I don't. The only amount that I played was about half an hour on the midnight launch, and was just like, yeah, this is completely broken. Like, got outside the vault, everyone was all stretched in weird positions, and I was like, I just, this is not what I need in my life. Um, but anyway, the next game down, which is one for me and Josh, but Benway, I know you've just installed it, is Hades. But old Mister JB, you might have broken Hades by being too good at it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that compliment, Scott. I, d- I don't know. It's just that every time I just. I've really enjoyed Hades. Look, I've really enjoyed my time with it because I don't usually like roguelikes, uh, but I've been really, you know, enjoying the combat and the flow and the repetition of this and getting through the levels. But yeah, I think we differ on how quickly we progress because I was jumping through the realms, you know, after You, you did in like an afternoon what I did in like two weeks. Like it's, it's <laughs> yeah. insane yeah. how fast you got through it. Like you just burned and- through it. And I haven't finished it yet. I'm still at like, I got to the final boss, but I think that's also telling because I got to the final boss and that was like a week ago and I haven't even done a single run since. I've just mm. kind of, I haven't felt the, the desire to go back because when it comes to like the progression in that game, 
for me, it's always been the bosses. I was talking to you about this the other day, and that's kind of impacted my um, want to continue retrying, continue experimenting, because it's not like I'm getting three rooms in, hitting a wall and thinking, man, how do I progress to the next room? My progression through it hasn't been incremental in that way. It's always been on a realm by realm basis. So mm -hmm. it's been the end bosses of each. And I mean, I get to those end bosses in those three or four bosses. They're the only kind of barriers stopping me from progressing so it's felt less satisfying to just you not, constantly um, be hitting those walls you're not getting so lost in the customization side of it though because there's like that it feels endless uh, setups for character builds like are you not wanting to experiment with that stuff are you sticking to the same kind of weapons i'm using more or less the same few weapons like mm. i really enjoyed the trident thing i quite like the um the final weapon that you unlock not to spoil anything for benroy but i i, I just I feel like I've settled into a rhythm and that's not the game's fault. I just right. do this quite often with games like Metal Gear Solid 5 where I know what works and to do anything else almost seems a bit antithetical to why I want to play the game in the first place. Like mm -hmm. why would I experiment with this weapon that I don't like using that might not get me far through the game when ultimately I'm just playing now to beat the end box, end box, end boss. And I want to maximize the kind of strengths that I've been doing well and sort of minimize the weaknesses. I don't know, it's a, it's a strange one because in a lot of ways it's impeccable. The art style's gorgeous, the characters are so fun. Like the way it accounts for your runs through the game and what you've died to and mm -hmm. what you're doing and what upgrades you're getting and stuff is really cool. It's just, I, I don't know, I've blasted through it in like two days, you know, like 10 hours <laughs> of game time. And maybe it's because of the fact that I didn't have that immense uphill battle. I wasn't like smashing my head against, you know, room three in the second realm. Like I need to get past this, need to get past mm. this and getting, getting the satisfaction of it. It's literally these, it's literally the bosses midway through that just kind of become a frustrating thing to go back to because I was only going back to it to have another go at the boss and everything else in between felt like just filler to get to that moment. That is definitely what the end game is. Because uh, once you have, once you do a successful run, you need to do another 10 successful runs to be able to get the final thing. And so once you know what, um, you know, character build kind of works, um, it almost dissuades you from doing, from experimenting the same way that you were in the previous hours when you were just like, well, I'll try the bow for a bit or I'll try the gun for a bit or the spear or whatever. Once you know what a successful build is and you just want to chase the story, then you are literally just replaying that same half hour run chunk over and over again. And I've beaten it four times or four successful runs and I've got like 60 runs overall. Um, and I finally managed to like, you know, get through stuff, see some story stuff. It's brilliant story stuff. But last night I just, I got to uh, final boss again on like the fifth, potentially successful run and got killed with like a millimeter of the health left on the boss. And I was like, nah, I'm done. Like I've done like 30 plus hours of it or whatever it is. Um, I just want to see the story through and I can't keep mm -hmm. throwing myself at a half an hour gauntlet just to fail in the last 10 seconds to then do yeah. an entire half hour just to try that last bit again. And so I think that it can implode on itself um, because the story gets so good, um, especially after your first successful run. Um, but it does mean that you're going to have to rerun, like I said, another half hour gauntlet. Or you can get that down, I guess, if you are like, you know, you want to spec in a certain direction or something. But for me, it's like, you know, the, the value proposition is just, it, it completely it's... implodes at some point. Uh, I, I haven't played the game yet, so I don't have much to add, but having uh, poaching off uh, another very popular podcast, Triple Click, they mentioned <laughs> that there was a difficulty option where you can make it easier for yourself. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's weird. They do a thing called God Mode that you unlock after you beat, um, when you beat your first successful run, you'll get God yeah. Mode. That gives you incremental um, damage reduction, but you still have to die and you still have to lose your progress. So like if you get to like, like I said, that final fight and you still die and you put the, you've ticked the box for God Mode, you'll then get a 20% uh, damage 
damage reduction thing, but you're still going back to the start. And so like, if you then die wow. again and again, you get 2% increments on like 22% damage reduction, 24, but you're still going back to the start, which like for me is the problem because I just don't have the time to keep rerolling, like keep that's redoing fair, yeah. this thing. That's a great point actually, Scott, because that's mm. what I feel right now. Now that I've got to the end sort of boss, I almost feel like I've learned everything in the game in all that right. I'm powering up going back through. It's not knowledge of how enemies work. It's not knowledge of how the levels work. It's literally just so I can just get those it. incremental abilities up so I can increase how much health I have at the start of you know each round, how much damage my weapons does and stuff like that. It's like, I'm, I'm here for the story. I'm here for the experience. But at this point, am I just go- doing these runs to get those slight buffs to make that end boss a bit easier. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. And it might be wrong, but it's it's so weird when you're outside of it. Cause when I'm in it, I'm like, this is amazing. I, I only want to play this game. But as soon as I detach from it, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to invest back It's in strange. There. I, I do think that they do an absolutely brilliant, genuinely forward thinking, medium elevating way of tackling narrative, narr- like by narrativizing power-ups, which is what they try to do in Transistor, uh, super giant uh, games. Where like, you know, if you, de- depending on which character build you had, it unlocked different parts of the backstory. And so if you want to actually know everything that's going on in Transistor, you had to try every weapon, had to try every loadout. And I love that. Um, and in Hades' case, like you have it where, you know, like different power-ups are the gods themselves. So you're having different conversations and that plays off on who likes each other and things like that um and like i said that when you realize what's really going on i guess by the time you've beaten the first run and what you need to achieve and things like that um that story stuff is so good and like they narrativize doing the runs and even the weapons have souls in them that then relate to characters you've talked to to be like oh i'm trying to make peace with a such and such why don't you use them next time and then bring that weapon to that person and then that'll be a different thing and like all that stuff is so good but it's the time investment. It's the fact that you can lose half an hour trying to get somewhere. And then it's not real progression because the final end bit hasn't progressed. I think stuff like that is always going to kind of stick out. Um, but still, uh, the next game down, Mr. Um, Josh Brown, you've played through all the God of Wars. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that 
with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Apparently, yes. yes. Which is, it's actually been really good playing all of the God of Wars and going into Hades and having the same sort of mythology surrounding it. I feel mm. like I've just been bathing in sort of Greek mythology. But yeah, I went back to play all the God of Wars because I hadn't played God of War 1 to 3 properly. Um, right. And I wanted to replay God of War 2018 in time for the new consoles coming out uh, because I loved it at the time. But I played it under some dodgy, not dodgy circumstances, but I wasn't in a very happy mood when I played it the first time. And I always felt like if I re-embraced it, you know, with a, with a nice new TV or whatever, I'd be able to enjoy it. Uh, with, <laughs> this with the week's added TV. Context. He's got, he's got <laughs> a new one. With the added context of the backstory yeah. as well, so I went back and played those first three games, mm-hmm. and um, I enjoyed myself, but also feel a little bit like it was not worth going through them all to get more context, because I could have just got the context off like a five-minute YouTube video. The, the thing is, the thing you can't... Actually, well, first off, Benroy, did you play the original God of Wars back in the day? I've always played them, yeah, with like friends, like passing controller sort of go. Okay. It wasn't until this newest one, which I sat down and made it like my own experience. Because when they, <laughs> the thing is, the thing you can't get and that can't be replicated is the feeling of playing through those games in the 2000s when the overall media sphere, the overall sort of mediascape was way more like, you know, post grunge in terms of like the, the attitude of video games was more blood and guts, Mortal Kombat was still being sort of refined. And like that whole mid 2000s period where you had like Rockstar were pushing the boundaries of what was acceptable and things like that. And God of War was just this big, overblown, anarchic, dumb thing where you were ripping dudes in half and, like, you know, he's screaming Athena as he's, like, tearing everybody asunder and everything. And then God of War 3, for me, was the tipping point where he's an absolute piece of S. And I got completely, I got really sick of him because um, Kratos just became a one-dimensional rage face. And I was like, that sucks. And then when they then rewrote him in 2018 to be like, oh, he's remorseful about this stuff. He actually realizes that he was a complete, you know, piece of whatever. And he has redemption. You can't get that context that literal like almost 20 year context um, in a YouTube video or even by replaying them because I feel like you had to live those years as gaming was growing up because that's what God of War, the new one, is very much addressing. You do certainly get um, it to a certain extent. Like I'm only in the opening hours of God of War uh, 2018, but you mm. still sort of like feel it. It's it's so funny because you go from God of War 3, which I actually really like, like playing them back to back, it was probably the one I had the most 
fun with, which might sound really bad, but I, I bloody loved everything about how tight God of War 3 felt. Um, he plays the best of the original ones, I guess. Do you think? Ooh, uh, I'm just trying to... Well, because... Well, the best. Yeah, yeah, plays the best. Because, yeah. I, like I said, I hate all the, <clears throat> the character yeah. stuff, but yeah. Yeah, totally agree. But you go from that game where you're literally ending... Sorry for any spoilers for this old game, but you're literally ending an entire, like, realm. You're taking it all down with you. You're murdering everything. You're becoming the ultimate rage monster. And to go from that to, like, the opening of God of War, like, you were... Pre- At least I appreciated it so much more. Like, the reservations in Kratos there, like, when he's talking to Atreus, and they're talking about, like, killing people for the first time, not just killing monsters. Mm. And I, that hits so much harder this time around with that context in mind like going from it seeing that shift like it's so smart the way they do it Mm -hmm. and i have to be fair appreciated god of war 2018 storytelling or at least characterization a little bit more after playing the others which has been it's kind of like made it worthwhile in a way because i think what's so smart about it is that it contextualizes this character through like the actions that you're doing like mm. i don't think kratos is a good character in those first three games i i would argue that he's actually one note throughout all of them even one and two i just thought he was an unrepentant asshole he's way worse from one to two yeah. to three he does certainly build that up in three but i didn't think it was necessarily out of character but mm. even that said like i still think it's all worthwhile because you do get that reflection in God of War 2018 and they mm. more or less kind of managed to recontextualize all of those actions, who he was. And it's almost like when you're, when you're playing through one to three with the 2018 one in mind, it's almost like you're playing the mythologized version of that story. It's not, at least for me, it's not necessarily like I'm there doing those actions. I'm almost reliving the story of Kratos as a right. myth or a legend rather than I am the actual person he was, which might sound weird, but I think that um, lends into how he sees himself in the 2018 game. Oh, there's, there's, it's endless stuff for this because for me, it's the fact that we did go through those games at the time. We all thought they were really cool. God of War was very much covered as like, you know, the Sony mascot, like especially with God of War 1 and 2. And then 3 was just so overblown. And then everyone was like, oh my God, it's too far. God of War Ascension was kind of forgettable. And I felt like the studio, Santa Monica and Cory Barlog had to, had to grow and mature. And there's so much like inbuilt sort of feelings of like maturity and going like, oh my God, we used to think that this was really cool. And then like they wrote a game about that and like God of and I, like Kratos at the beginning of the new one where he looks down and he's got the bandages over his chains and it's like he's he's healing from it or he's trying he's obviously like taking them off eventually and he's like realized what he used to be there's just so much symbolism in there that I think is like real world maturity um you know the gaming industry maturing type stuff um Benra what did you think like going from I guess the old God of Wars to the new one I didn't really like the older ones to be fair I thought they were just mindless just sort of like I got the same sort of feeling from them as I did Scorpion King on PS2 just, you know, <laughs> yeah that's kind of what they're going for swinging around weapons and just killing sort of like interesting creatures at points but yeah I wasn't really ever a fan like I, I never committed to purchasing them I bought I borrowed them off friends and things like that like when you used to borrow games but like with the 2018 one I was I think I got it later I think I got like it's weird because I was also in a weird place because I just moved up here at that point, I think, as mm. well. And I just started more culture and I got it a bit late and I played for it. And it was just kind of like saying just to, just to fill up time. It went from saying to fill up time to saying that I started to really enjoy. But then I, I feel like when I got to when I just was then like pl- plowing through it and never gave it a sort of due. And kind of like Josh, I am going to go back and replay it because I'm on this mad sort of like um, hunt for platinums. Now I'm just like, just <laughs> feeding off everything, just everything I've got. I've got more than 50% of that. I'm going to go back and get it. But mm-hmm. this uh, t- 2018 was all very almost my game of the year that year, but it was just Red Dead 2 for me, just took it in the end sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I. <clears throat> 
God of War, with that single game, they've won me over. They've won me over with the creators' characters, and they've won me over that series. And it's a series that I cannot miss out or like not hesitate to buy straight away again now, unless they do something drastically crap like. <laughs> That, that game for me was such a turning point. And I, to me, like you can have that sort of, sort of the illusions of the other games, but they don't even really exist to me. It's just that credits from that game was so powerful that I just enjoyed it. I think I, I can't ever not have that like relationship to the old ones, but I'm fascinated by people who maybe either like, like played them a little bit like you, or like maybe Josh didn't play them initially. I remember when Ash went through the 2018 one, um, like she hadn't even played any of the original ones, and the 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 new one still landed as like her favorite game of the generation or whatever, or one of her favorite yeah. games. And it's like that because for me, the new God of War is for me the best game of the generation. Like I'm looking forward to having those kind of debates and stuff, and especially what other people sort of hold up as the one game that exemplifies like the best stuff that this generation brought us. Um, but for now, we should talk about Crash Bandicoot 4 um, because me and Mr. Josh Brown have been hoovering up some different costumes. Um, but Benroy, you've you've taken a break. You've been uh, putting the old 76 wedge in the middle of it. I got that and uh, Squadrons at the same time. And mm. then I made the bad decision to play through Squadrons and get it done. And then I was kind of like, finished that. And then for some reason, I just fell back into a, I'm going to play the game from the past. And Crash Bandicoot itself on the other wayside, not because I don't like it, like everything I played of it, I thought was great. And um, I got to a point where you get the second mask and I sort of put, that felt like a natural point to take a break because I did all of that in one sitting sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And from there, I just, I've, 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 I felt like a, I, sometimes you just want to think like, I, sometimes I, I want a crash game or I want something like with a more mature rating. Mm. That's why I've gone to these like these more like survival horror games being played this month. I, maybe because it's spooky month, maybe just because I wanted to play them, I don't know. Right. But like for me, I was in the crash and then I've sort of fallen out of it, but I want to get back. I will be getting back to it soon before the end of the year. Like November is going to be sort of like the cleaning somewhere and be like, now I need to play crash again. Not We need to, but I want to and finish mm. it because again, what I played of it was so enjoyable at the start. My thing with Crash is like, you need to be in the right kind of headspace for it. Like it's going to be a lot of trial and error. It's going to be a lot of memorizing levels. Stuff that like I, it's weird because like, the new one with Crash 4, they very much went back to how Crash 1 and 2 feel. Um, whereas, like, for me, my favorite Crash was always 3, which is by far the nicest one and the one that you can just play through the levels without having to memorize everything. And it's full of mini games and stuff like that. And growing up as a game. kid, yeah, I love that game. That's, that's still my favorite one. Um, but it was, like, kind of this weird, like, realization after the Insane trilogy that, like, oh, Crash Bandicoot fans love Crash 2. Like, Josh, I think your favorite is Crash 2 or you love the old school feel of Crash. And Jules did too. And you're, like, mopping up the gems and the relics. Stuff that I always kind of treat as, like, like fundamentally separate um but then realizing that like crash 4 when they were like okay how do we like, carry this forward they didn't go down the crash 3 route they absolutely went down the crash 1 and 2 route uh, of like you know like i said trial and error like being very proficient with your like you know scanning the environment seeing where like different things can come from um and i had to get when i once i got in that space and just divorced all of crash 3 i adored crash 4 but for the first like my first playthrough through it before i was replaying levels i was just getting so annoyed with it because i was like this is made to annoy me and this is like I just want to love you. I want to love you, Crash. Let me get through these levels. I think that's why I sort of took a break as well because I saw it destroying you inside <laughs> through WhatsApp. Very I was much like, externally as well. I just don't. I just don't want to go through that with Scott right now. Just I'm going to wait to see if he comes out the other side, and if he does, I'll go. And whereas Josh was silently just taking this game and just go, I'm getting everything. He <laughs> was just methodically. I mean, because uh, Josh, you you finally got through it. You played on retro difficulty, and I don't know how much you've gone back and got other unlockables and stuff. 
Um, I've had to force myself to put it down to because I wanted to get through Hades. I wanted to finish the God of Wars because I'm doing something similar to Benroy where I'm just trying to mop everything up mm -hmm. before we transition to the next gen because there's so much stuff dropping at the you end of November. Cloud, you know? Do you want to mop up a bit of Dark Cloud? They've got platforms uh, in that. I don't, I don't want to do that. Cause what is that game? I'll tell you about Dark Cloud in a second, mate. But you, It's a Dark on. Cloud over this entire podcast. The only Dark Cloud in 2020 is the one on my PS PlayStation 4. Don't worry about it. It's good. It's a Crash 4 though, which is what we're talking about right now. And I like I finished that game and similar to Ben Roy, I also had a slight break from it because I played that first weekend and then got distracted by other games. And I sort of had to force myself to go back to it, which is so weird because it is like such a lush experience. It's so fun to play, but you mm. have to be in the Crash headspace. And I went back to finish the story. Thought I would just put it down then. I thought, right, okay, I'll compartmentalize that. I might come back in the future for the Platinum. Then I was immediately restarting the game, going for the gems, going through the alternate versions of the levels and stuff. Because it is so Moorish and so kind of like addictive. And when you get in that zone and you get in the flow of it, there's nothing more than trying to get through the different versions of the level, trying to get all of the different, um, trying to find all of the different boxes, should I say. Mm -hmm. And it's just exactly what I want out of a crash sequel in 2020. I kept saying to my girlfriend, whenever she was around doing work or whatever, I kept saying, I wish I had this game when I was younger. And she kept <laughs> saying josh you did it was called crash bandicoot one to three yes. Like, yes it's perfect it's the perfect I, continuation it can i jump so in for your story for a minute like anyone who's watching listening josh has got the platinum in all three of the insane trilogy crashes right that just yep. like yes. do you, maybe you just wish you had this when you was at university where you could just you know like spend a yeah, day sorry, what, do you, what do you actually mean by that you just you wish you had it as a, a continuation from three earlier than 2020 um, I just meant that if, if I had this when I was younger, like especially when I was into Crash when I was really young, like I would just literally live off it. I would right. get the 200% or what, 150%, <laughs> 120% or whatever the hell it goes up to. I would do every single thing on it and just live off it because it does feel so old school and like a perfect companion to those games and sadly now that i'm older i don't have the time to like ben roy said platinum it because when i platinum the nsn trilogy like dudes like i had a good time but that was a grotesque I, couple of weeks man. i don't know, like, how, I was, I don't know why I, you I do can't that do it I, was, I, 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 I hurt my hands trying to do crash uh, one I just had to stop. <laughs> well, when, when Jules was like, oh, I'm going to get all the relics and all the gems for each one, like for Crash 1, and then I'm going to do Crash 2, all of that, then Crash 3. And I was like, what are you doing? Just play the the nice nah. one. But it's, it's, that's, it's funny though, Ben, because like, like, I'm sure Jules would agree, like the relics and the boxes and getting those secrets, like that's such a huge fundamental part of the game or the enjoyment that we True. have with like those older games. So it's almost like if I don't do it, I'm missing out on a huge part of the experience that I personally want. But yeah, when I went for the platinum in the NCN trilogy like I was living in university at the time and mm. my bedroom was just like full of crisp packets it just stunk of farts man like it was awful <laughs> it, was, it was just 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 body odor everywhere it was like the the worst yes, I mean some shop. things have changed since then yeah, some things you know sometimes I air the bedroom out but <laughs> even then it's like touch and go you know yeah I mean? exactly I mean, like I said, that getting into the headspace with them, like especially with Crash 4 was the first one where I really just sat down and went, okay, I'm thinking of Crash wrong. Like I need to like, you know, like I said, discard Crash 3's mentality. And it's not like I didn't enjoy Crash 1 and 2 in the Insane Trilogy, but like getting in that mindset and like really figuring it out. I absolutely love Crash 4. I think it's so well put together. However, I'll tell you something else that's very well put together for the end of the show, Dark Cloud. Did you, either of you, have any questions about Dark Cloud? Because I mentioned I was playing Dark Cloud, 2001's PS2 launch game, Dark Cloud. And both of you, 
very much freaked out in the chat and said, what in the living? And you used some swear words. So I don't, do you not, not a fan what, of the old dark what, cloud? Uh, what, well, I've got a few, few questions. One, what <laughs> is it? Two, why? Three, why is the little boy in the cover just Link? What's going on? <laughs> okay, it is very much Ocarina on PlayStation. Like it is very, it's, it's very much that. Thing is though, I, it was on sale um, on one of the PlayStation sales for like three pounds. And I was like, well, I can't not get that. I mean, what am I not going to buy something for three pounds? And uh, I remember when I had um, the vi the video cassette, the um, VHS tape of the original um, footage for the PlayStation 2 um, back in like 99, 2000, whenever they started showing that off. And I taped it off the TV and I had footage of Tekken Tag, Fantavision, Ridge Racer and Dark Cloud. And I never played dark cloud but i always thought it looked amazing and so just you know the stars aligned like we're in the middle of a nothing a nothing month at the minute um and i saw it on the sale thing and i was like i'm gonna play dark cloud i don't care i need i've never done it i've never played it but that game is like an extremely basic rpg um in a really lovely charming kind of way it's very ps2 uh, you know rpg but the hook is you're rebuilding a town and um, because this evil goblin uh, or goblin man has like done some some blasts from the sky to like tear up the, the ground and stuff and he's scattered all the houses everywhere so you need to go into the dungeon get the houses back and then when you're on the surface you go in like a top-down mode and you just you just rebuild your little village and you put like wind you know wind Wind, windmills, wind, wind stuff, and rivers and stuff, and houses, and you just do little little t chores for people, and you, you bring them back in. Do you not want to do that? No, no. Sounds very wholesome. It's I really think. lovely. Honestly, the, the music's really nice, and the way that you open chests and house, all the house parts are in like orbs. Every time you open one of them, it's full on ocarina like style camera work with like the burst of light coming out of it. Ben, where are you going to get it, mate? Uh... I've, I've, been, I've been playing Alien Isolation. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got that much time left, but if you can fit Alien Isolation into a few minutes, feel free. Just just going through that game again. Just I was I look in and they're like, I need them on have a platinum after doing Resident Evil 7. Mm. And being chased by the xenomorph and that, like the first time you see it, it drops down on the table. Oh my god, it's still so effective. <laughs> and be having the android trying to get through sections not being detected by androids the not kidding jewels. anyone not dying finding all the collectibles it was just sort of like a as i'm clenching going for like i need to get that tag the xenomorphs out uh, sort of thing isn't it one was, of the plat isn't to get the platinum don't you have to beat that game without dying yeah i did that yeah go god all the, the, the words mean, the thing is though the alien grabs you and you've got about five seconds to pause the game and just go load the save like it's, it's oh, not okay like it's just it's that sort of thing and when there's one but there's, there's also a trophy for down 100 times there's a point on one of the last missions if you just google it it'd be fine mm -hmm. you get you you save it there you go out of the door the xenomorph always drops down so just drop out so just reload drop out reload drop out and just down 100 times <laughs> that you can sort that out fine don't these, worry these plat strategies plat strats i, I can't uh, get on board with this it was it was such a great game to immerse myself in and go back through and play and then just tidy up and go like put it on my my fake shelf like ah oh, you, you're now you're now <laughs> one of my platinum children and then I went so, straight to, um, then I went to Straight Horizon and then just the world is crushing in but you were gonna ask me about that game I was just gonna say when, in regards to platinum stuff I saw Greg Miller posting about the way that the PS5 animates platinums and different trophies now you might want to wait until you can do stuff on PlayStation Five I'm gonna do God like of War on PlayStation game. Five uh, I'm just gonna clean Horizon up then I'm gonna do crash and then i'm gonna play cyberpunk and then game of the year stuff Dark so. cloud in there at the end <laughs> rebuild the village uh, thanks for watching the <laughs> podcast i've been the new host ben roy turner joined by josh brown and scott yes i've been i've been dark cloud from what culture gaming and hopefully you will too for now though we'll catch you next time <laughs> see you later don't play dark cloud play don't dark do cloud mate well, follow us on social media no just play dark cloud
don't. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.